Let's take it to the edge. Let's get deflected. Let's talk about the night perspective. Let's get sharp. Let's get a little real. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Knife Perspective Podcast. I'm Kyle Daly with Cage Daily Knives, and we got uh, a little bit of a different intro. I'm not used to doing the intro, so uh, we're going to we're going to be doing it live. And uh, Dan is currently indisposed. He said he had uh, he's out cooking. I'm sure there's some pretty good stuff with Chef Craig that he's going to be eating and uh, some good food that they're going to be eating. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the Midwest Knife Makers Guild. And today I have Jeb Taylor and Jess Hoffman on the, the show. We're going to go a little bit differently than we normally do. So how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Real, real good. Real. All right. Do you want to kind of introduce uh, yourself so the people know what your voices are? All right. My name is uh, Jeb Taylor. This is my voice. I hope you enjoy it. It's uh, not too nasally, I hope, today. This is uh, Jess Huffman, and when I worked at McDonald's in high school, I was told I had the best voice on the uh, drive-thru. That's awesome. One of my knife maker friends, uh, I, I loved when he put on uh, on Facebook, he said, how can we talk to somebody on the moon, but we can't talk to somebody through the drive-thru? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pretty accurate. Oh, man. All right. Uh, today we uh, have the sponsors, Old Town Cutlery and uh, Dragonfly Blade Works and Cage Daily Dives and Dogwood Custom Knives. Uh, you can find Old Town Cutlery at uh, oldtowncutlery.com and they uh, carry Dogwood Custom Knives and Cage Daily Knives, also a whole line of uh, knife making supplies. So make sure you check them out. And then uh, Dragonfly Blade Works. John Kaufman's a great knife maker. Does a lot of really good pin layout stuff with his handles. Uh, he also helped watch the Cage Daily Knife booth for a little bit at Blade Show while I was doing the, the file work class. So that was very helpful. Thank you, John. And uh, you can also find Dogwood Custom Knives at Knife Center, the Knife House, and the Cook Station. So make sure you check all those out. I know, uh, Jess, you were at Blade Show. Do you have any anything you saw that was pretty cool? Um, I, I, I always go by myself, so I have to keep an eye on my table, but, uh, I did get a chance to walk around. I picked up some, uh, some pretty cool wood from, uh, Nichols stabilizing and, uh, picked up some Amboina burl. Very cool. Got to drool on some new grinders and actually just, uh, just bought a new vibratory tumbler. I'm hoping to get to use in the shop shortly. Awesome. Did you go with that Burking one that they had? I did. Nice. That yeah. looks like a, a really nice one. The, they make great stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. You have one of their big 20-inch wheel grinders, right? I do. I've got two Burkings. I've got the, the BBA 20 and then uh, one of their regular 2x72s. Very cool. So one of the one of the things that I picked up was super fortunate Thursday I couldn't stop drooling over the 304 stainless grinder that Broadbeck Ironworks had. So I brought that uh, beautiful baby home. 
built a built a table for it and it's all ready to go. I did some of my first grinding this past weekend on it. Super nice grinder. Uh, everything's super smooth. I haven't tilted it sideways to grind yet, but imagine I'll do that some with the handles coming up. So definitely check out Broadbeck. Great guys, Ryan and Vince. Uh, spent some time with them. They were fun to talk with in the pit. Definitely check out their grinders. One of the other things that I saw, Cole Ironworks. They make a lot of forging presses, and they're out of Anderson, Indiana, which is real or pretty close to where I grew up and had a couple of friends in college that were from Anderson. Pretty much just knew of them from Pendleton, which is right next to Anderson with the, the state uh, federal uh, prison. So, uh, but yeah, they make some really cool stuff. Uh, one of the things that I saw that they were had was a digital press controller that looked super awesome that you could, uh, sort of make a hydraulic press work a little bit like a, uh, power hammer and you can set it and, and it moves up and down, uh, to specified levels. So I thought that would be super cool if I ever end up actually getting, uh, into forging still haven't made that leap, but, uh, do either or do either of you guys ever forge anything? No. Do you forge anything, Jeb? Not very, not very well. On occasion, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. In theory, I should be a lot better than I am, but you know, like it takes me a lot of work. The. Uh, it speaks to some people's yeah. souls and not to others. Gotcha. And then uh, one of the things that happened today, uh, we actually had a a young man start at work in our lab and uh he goes hey uh my uh my cousin works uh makes makes knives and i was like who who's your cousin and uh it was goot custom knives and uh he was the actual uh first pick in the 5050 forge fundraiser and he actually has one of my knives so that was a pretty small world guys from san antonio and uh, came up here to train for a couple months before our engineering test facility moves to San Antonio, and I'll be starting full time. So that was uh, pretty crazy that uh, he said, hey, my cousin makes knives, and he actually has one of my knives. So it's pretty, pretty yeah. cool. So let's get to know a little bit about you, uh, Jeb and Jess. Uh, Jeb, do you want to start? Where did you end up growing up? I grew up in uh, Bayfield, Colorado, which is down in the Four Corners area. It's a pretty small town. It was really quiet and beautiful and wonderful. And I don't think you could ask for a nicer place to grow up. Mm. Where'd you grow up, Jess? Uh, Shano, Wisconsin, just about a half an hour west of uh, Green Bay. Okay. Nice. I'm hoping to be on Green Bay uh, in August and do uh, hopefully slay some walleye. Oh, that's right. You like to go up to Door County, don't you? Yeah, we rented a cabin up there again, uh, so we're going to be spending a week up there, and uh, it, we usually stay somewhere near Sister Bay. Uh, we'll be staying near Sister Bay again, and like to go way up towards the point, and usually the boys love taking the ferry over to Washington Island and uh, seeing the lavender fields and stuff. Cool. Although, uh, on Washington Island, they want you to pay to go through the lavender fields more and more now, so uh, that's getting to be a little bit more of a bummer. It's getting maybe like 15 bucks a person it's like oh eh. <laughs> i've never even been up there I've... uh it's really beautiful yeah uh so you we talked a little bit at the beginning uh both you guys are married and uh jess do you want to start where where do you think your uh how you met your wife and where do you think it might fall on the dan kyle scale where dan met his wife at his at her grandmother's wake and i met my wife on eHarmony. well i guess i'll let you uh you you 
figure that out. I had a uh, housewarming party that kind of got out of hand and ended up being a whole bunch of people that I didn't even know at the party. I wake <laughs> up the next morning and go to take a leak and there's a woman passed out in my bathtub. <laughs> and uh, I, of course, being the jerk that I am, turn on the water <laughs> and uh, she wakes up and she came to the party with people she didn't know. She had no idea who I was and uh, just happened to pass out. And when I get done in the bathroom, she's uh, in the kitchen making uh, eggs mandura for Shah for me. She can wow. cook like you wouldn't believe. And uh, I just pretty much had her move in. She uh, she never went home. Wow. That's kind of like a, a mix of both there. You being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Good job, Jess. <laughs> How'd you meet your wife, Jeb? Nothing like that is darn right wholesome. She worked at Hot Topic, and uh, <laughs> I thought she was pretty. Yeah, uh, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. She was a big old hippie when I met her. Very cool. All right. Uh, and then, uh, Jeb, what was your first knife? First knife was actually, so my mother helped me clarify this. It was like some knife you get out of like a, a, a crappy catalog. It looked like a choo-choo train and had a blade in it. And then it was more of a letter opener. But I think it's pretty appropriate now that I think back for like a, I don't know, a super small child. I couldn't cut myself. And then after that, I think it was a Swiss Army knife or maybe the Boy Scout knife, like the quintessential totem chip card. I don't know who makes it, but it's like an issue one, probably Case or some company like that. Yeah, the one I have is made by Victorian Ox. Okay. It's just like a single blade one. It has the Boy Scout logo on the side. Yep. That's uh, that's funny with the the train train knife. My my boys would be all over that. They love trains. Yeah. It was cool. So, what was your what was your first knife that you you got, Jess? Well, um when I was young, I wanted one of the uh survival knives from the liquidator store. Um, with the saw teeth on the back and the, the hollow, hand? hollow handle with yeah. the, the fish hook and all of that. And uh, my dad wouldn't give me the money for it. So he ended up giving me one of his. Oh. And um, I, I don't even know, quite honestly, since I moved out of the house, out, out of their house, I think it's probably still at their house. Um, but it's a, a stacked leather Bowie kind of knife, probably, probably bigger than a, a 10 year old needed that's for sure but <laughs> you you went whole hog there yeah yeah go ask for a big one very cool how did you get started making knives jess i just I, I wanted to learn how to sharpen knives and i started watching youtube videos on how to sharpen knives and that kind of led into watching videos on how to make knives and i i just decided i wanted to to try it i called up aldo bruno and tried to order a foot of 1084 and they were like yeah we don't sell it by the foot <laughs> you gotta buy three feet or four feet and i'm like what am i gonna do with that much steel oh. and uh yeah that steel is long gone now <laughs> it just kind of fell down the rabbit hole yeah how much how much steel do you buy at a time now from aldo um i don't buy a whole lot from aldo i i i've kind of been stocking up i've, I've been finding good deals on on cheaper steel okay and kind of been stocking up on that. Yeah, apparently the I've been told by quite a few knife makers that a lot of the stainless steels and stuff are starting to get harder to harder to find. So lots of places are 
kind of having limited sizes and takes long lead times and stuff with all the the mills and everything running. Yeah. Uh, how'd you get started making knives, Jeb? Um, I was working overseas and I saw a lot of blacksmiths and I saw one uh, out in the middle of the hinterlands working on a bolo knife. I thought it was pretty cool. And I, I guess that kind of sparked my, sparked my interest. Then I don't know, 2010 ish. And I uh, did the normal thing, bought me a Harbor Freight grinder and some uh, angle iron from the Home Depot. Turns out you can't harden that. <laughs> but I enjoyed screwing around and uh, just making some knives. And North Carolina had a pretty active uh, a knife makers guild, and they had a website. And I just did some Google searching, and I started attending meetings. And then you, once you started attending some meetings, you just kind of got the bug, or? Yeah, well, I, I would be going for, it was, uh, I, I think North Carolina probably has more quality knife makers per capita than any state in America right now. People, with the, a calculator might disagree. It's a good thing Dan's not on the. But it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely up there. There's just so yeah. many there. Like a master smith around every rock, you got some pretty large production knife companies work out of there. Um, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a good place to network with knife making. And I went to a couple of their, their guild meetings and I'd be gone for work. So I'd go to like one and be gone for two meetings and I was pretty quiet and I went there and I knew who some of the knife makers were. And the, the president at the time was a guy named Chris Williams of Wilmot Grinders. And he mm-hmm. didn't recognize me. He said, well, if you're new here, come introduce yourself. And nobody, I, I was there enough. I was there enough that nobody recognized me. I could still be a new person. <laughs> they did a good job of pairing people up and so i stood up there i'm like oh, i'm jeb i'm from fayetteville and uh he's like darren a guy named darren Saroy at tct knives he's like hey, give, give it darren he lives right he lives there you guys need to link up well it turns out darren lived about 10 minutes away from me and huh? i just stalked him it was the worst thing he ever did he let me come over to his shop once and after that i just harassed him for years and we're still friends so <laughs> stuck with me awesome i go to meetings and when i left the army uh for about a little bit shy of a year i apprenticed for chris williams at uh, wilmot grinders and wilmot knives okay. um making knives and grinders so it was a pretty pretty good formative mm-hmm. education and productive knife production knife work yeah i didn't have any idea that's really cool yeah i had uh Two blade shows ago, I had uh, dinner. Chris sat across the table from me. Uh, him and Liam Hoffman uh, were at dinner with us. At the Chinese buffet, uh, we were at the Mexican Mexican huh? place. Uh-huh. Uh, it was super slow, and uh, made the mistake of going there again this year, and it was even slower. Uh-huh. I think they I think they had four servers for the entire restaurant, uh-huh. and they were having like the cooks the cooks even run food out to the. Uh-huh to the tables it was it was pretty terrible but the food was the food was spectacular just uh took us like two hours to get seated and took us about an hour and a half to get our food so i got uh, i got two word two words for that waffle hut <laughs> <laughs> go to waffle hut nice i and so this was one of the other than the very first time we were at blade show in 2012 this is the first time i got a room at the waverly I saw the the buffet that they had down in the in the pit at the uh, for dinner. That looked pretty good, so I might try to hit up that one time and just go straight to the pit after that because 
when you go out and stand around and then come back, you end up wasting a bunch of time. Yeah. That uh, could be talking to people. So very cool. Uh, so part of the reason we had you guys on, both of you guys are officers and the main guy for the, the Midwest Knife Makers Guild. Jeb, do you want to start and kind of tell people what uh, what the Knife Makers Guild is and what your role is in the guild? Well, uh, it is a guild in the middle of America. Yeah, no, it's a bit more. Uh, it's in the Midwest. You know, it's not a biker gang. We don't define the states. You want to, you want to join, you can join. Um, and I think I knew, I knew I was gonna, I knew I was gonna move up here. My wife, my wife's from Minnesota, so I knew I was gonna end up in Minnesota. And I was up here once, and I was speaking to a, a knife maker who happened to live right by me, and he described the Upper Midwest as a horseshoe. And he said, you know, you got. Knife makers on the east, on the south, and in the on the west coast. But there's none in the Midwest, hmm. and it just sort of piqued my interest. What he said, he called it the horseshoe, and I just started thinking about it. I was pretty active as a member in the North Carolina Guild, and I was never an officer just because, like I said, I'd be gone for two or three meetings at a time, so I couldn't really commit to that. But I really genuinely enjoyed it. I like their format. It is for volunteer, you know, a sense of community and uh, exchanging information. Um, they have a jurying process to become a voting member. I, I was juried in to that. Um, really, the only time being juried in helped is they would pick sometimes where you'd eat lunch, and but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a great requirement. Everyone was you know, accepted there. Um, but I know I was going to move up here, and I started researching. And I would I would look uh, obviously USA Knife Maker uh, Tracy Mickley's enterprise of knife making greatness is about an hour and a half from my house. So I knew where that was, and a few times I'd go and talk to him, and he has a, he has a big warehouse at his facility there, and I talked to him, and he had a group of gentlemen, I would say unofficially, the Midwest Knife Makers Mafia um, would have uh, okay. events there, USA Knife Maker. And some people say the mafia doesn't exist, but I saw it. It did exist. <laughs> I cannot... Yeah, okay either confirm or deny that <laughs> uh, do you want to tell everybody your your role in the guild oh yeah i'm, I'm getting that i'm the president so um <laughs> I, I met uh, i met the, the those group of people and then i probably went on social media a little bit more than those gentlemen i might have been the youngest member member at those meetings and all I did, I went on Instagram and I put in Minnesota and I scrolled as fast as I can looking for knife pictures. And every time I'd find one, I'd just start shooting people notes. Be like, hey, I like to make knives. You want to be my friend? And uh, just started showing up across the state. And I traveled to a lot of people's uh, shops and houses. And we held a meeting up at a, uh, I forgot, it was a bar and grill up in, uh, up in Minneapolis area. Where it was just mostly it was about half makers and maybe half co knife collectors. There was really no, uh, there was no rhyme or reason to it, and kind of took those people. And our goal was to get people off, you know, off the internet and actually meet people in real life because there were knife makers out there. Um, maybe there just wasn't a place to congregate yet. Um, mm -hmm. And so about two years ago, uh, definitely with the backing of uh, Tracy and Jess and a lot of other great guys. We sort of had an unofficial meeting and we've been going forth from there uh, to bring in people uh, 
from really around the area to uh, talk about knives. And I think Jess can talk about our numbers better as he's the secretary of the guild. So um, right now, I think we're at about um, 65 or 70 members. Um, most of them are from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. Uh, we do have some from Michigan. I've gone to the Spirit of the Blade show down in Ohio and kind of pushed it down there. I think I signed up one or two people uh, while I was down there at the show. You got one person in Illinois, at least. And we've got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin. We try to forget about Illinois. <laughs> yeah, the fibs. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, like Jeb had said, it, it's really open to anybody. If, if you're from Texas and you want to join, we're we're fine with that. That's um, it's just know that our, our meetings and our get togethers are going to be Midwest based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, the couple of times that I've wanted to try to make it up there, things have come up and uh, haven't been able to make it up there yet. Hopefully I'll be able to make it up there soon with uh, going full time and not having other work commitments and stuff like that. So love to love to come up there. I've been, been in there since the, since, uh, 2020 when guys started offering paid guild spots so excellent and got one of one of jess's uh sweet uh little table markers that i had on my table for blade show so oh yeah yeah cool so if if somebody isn't uh isn't totally familiar with uh why they'd want to be part of a knife makers guild i'm not sure who wants to take that question first what are some of the the things that uh, are good benefits for for being part of the guild? I think networking and education, um, kind of both socially and just for, you know, some guys it is a business enterprise. I have, we have very, very noted makers uh, come to our meetings, and I asked one of them, like, oh, you probably don't get anything out of this. And he said, absolutely not. I enjoy talking about knives, too. You know, my wife doesn't want to talk to me about knives. Uh there's no way anybody could say that the community is not a large allure as to why they make knives. There might be a few hermits out there, but I would say, as a whole, people like the knife-making community. It's a group of people who are into what you're into. So you're able to meet other people. Uh, maybe, you're a, maybe you're a beginner. Uh, you have no idea where to start. You're, you're buying metal at Home Depot. you got that Harbor Freight grinder. It's nice to have that nudge in the right direction, you know, face-to-face. The internet has tons of information, but it doesn't have experience. And that is what finding another maker in your area can allow you is just that experience, that face-to-face -face connection where someone can help you to increase from the level where you are. And if you're at a higher level, you're going to be surrounded by people who are also at a higher level who can, uh, you know, that, that's who you want to surround yourself with to get better. And I'll, I guess I'll add to that. I, um, I made my first knife in 2011 or 2012, I think. And I went to one of Tracy. Tracy had uh, hammer ends. I think his first one was 2011. I made it to the second one in 2012. And um, by that time I had, I had made my first knife, but I hadn't hardened it yet. And I had watched every video online of how to, how to heat treat 1084 but I had just never gotten around to doing it. And it was actually getting to that show or getting to that hammer in and working with somebody to do it for the first time. And um, it, it was at that show that I, or that hammer in that I, I met my friend, Peter Martin. And uh, 
I've, I've been to his shop quite a few times and he, he's been extremely helpful. That's, that's one thing about the knife making community. And I, I've been in other, other, uh, other communities in the past where there seem to be secrets and nobody wants to share how they do things. And that just isn't true in the knife maker community. There's somebody's always willing to show you how to do something or how to improve something. Yeah. I've always been super impressed with how, how everybody's willingness to, to help and share information. And I, I share, try to share all the information that I can also because of that. And a lot of, I have some friends and stuff like, why are you telling them how to do that? And I'm like, they're not, they're probably never going to do it. <laughs> Once you burn your thumbs as stuff a thousand times, you're like, eh, I think I might try something else and still burn my thumbs quite a bit. And, uh, try to try to learn and hold things differently. And uh, the biggest thing for me is just now I have enough money to throw abrasives away where, where before <laughs> I'd be like, I only have, I only have three more belts. <laughs> now, thanks to Phoenix abrasives. I've got a, a ton of belts on the wall now. And uh, I'm like, all right, this isn't cutting very well and throw it in the trash can. I have to, I have to, before a long time, I'd be like, all right, this one's only partially used. I'll put it up here on the wall. And now I just have to like, rip the belt in half I'm like all right can't use that one anymore so. i do the same thing i i cut them <laughs> after a while because yeah i otherwise i'll save them forever and ever i throw mine right in the walkway out of my shop right on the floor <laughs> nice. that way they have to get thrown nice. away on the way out <laughs> nice yeah the my i seem to keep those 36 grit ones around so much i'm like uh this would be really good for profiling blades and then i'll have like 30 of those belts up on the wall. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use them to profile that many blades. So, uh, one of your guys's next, uh, events that I know you guys wanted to talk about with some of the stuff that's there was the, the Midwest knife makers guild hammer in want to tell us a little bit more about that, Jim. Yeah. The, uh, so our first hammer is coming up and like I say, it's our first one. So we're going to do some discovery learning. I think it's going to be a good time. We have, I think, a pretty full slate yeah. of presenters available. Um, uh, Master Smith Howard Clark there, forging. Uh, Tyler Turner out of Missouri working on some folders. Corey Martin is going to be showing uh, some knife photography uh, information. Brian Ronholt will be doing hot fitting of guards. Uh, Carlin Andas will be doing uh, kind of running like a beginning forging area just for newcomers who might want to have never forged before the uh i got chad johnson who makes i think some of the finest segmented scales out there right now he does a really good job demonstrating john thompson from dwarf mountain forge will be there uh with axe forging techniques jason kraus will be uh, running a forging clinic and matt martin of vehement blades will be there discussing soldering of guards cool is that going to be for fixed or this the soldering for guards? Is that going to be more for fixed blades or some of the slip joints and stuff? Uh, more for fixed. Okay. I think he just does really great work on his soldering. So I think it's going to be very, very, yeah. Not everybody solders. So, but if you were going to solder, you want to do a good job. So mm -hmm. I think he does it at a very high level. Yeah. And it's going to go over the course of two days. It'll be a Friday. Uh, starting kind of Friday afternoon, Saturday, and then going on until Sunday morning there in Mankato. Okay. 
So if somebody was going to go, they'd want to be there uh, Friday morning. I'd say be there Friday after lunch. Friday, uh, Friday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I might might be able to head up on Friday morning. It's about a seven hour drive, I think, for me from the Chicagoland area. And I guess got to talk, got to get my wife on board. That's right after the boys start school. <laughs> There's a ticket waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great things about having the the hammer in up in Mankato is, um, you know, it's held at USA Knife Maker, Midwest Knife Maker Supply. And um, that, that Tracy's business is probably one of the most complete supply houses for, for knife makers. You can get just about anything you'd, you'd want from machinery to handle materials. And it's nice to be able to go and actually pick out your own, your own materials. Or if you're going to buy steel, it's nice to not have to pay shipping and so that's that's one of the bonuses of of coming to the hammer into is you get to pretty much shop at one of the best knife supply houses. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, they I've bought quite a bit of stuff from them over the the years. I bought my my even heat kiln and stuff from there also, but still paid the shipping. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to drive up there. But yeah, I, I think that'd be super cool to. I know I follow them on Instagram and seeing some of the um seeing some of the the hammer in stuff in the forging area and i think they have a plasma cutter and they bought like a big cnc mill a bunch of that stuff is super super interesting stuff that i think i'd want to hopefully eventually get to having some of that stuff but sure it's going to be a while so you said that on friday it's just after lunch starting there and then uh i don't know if you want to talk a, a little bit more about what some of maybe in depth on some of these other or some of the things that they're going to be talking about. I'll tell you a couple of that. Uh, I think Howard Clark does a great job. He's going to do a Yaki Erie. I'm probably mispronouncing that horribly, but he's going to do a small uh, Japanese blade forging demonstration. And <laughs> I, I, I would enjoy watching him forge no matter what. He's super informative. And this is definitely his element for what he likes to forge. The other person who I, I look forward to is Tyler Turner because uh, he does such great detail work. Um, we do on uh, uh, slip joint folders, but he's been doing a lot of work with uh, jewelry lately, and I, I, I think that's going to be infused in whatever he does. He went to the uh, – I forgot the name of the jeweler's school uh, recently, and hopefully some of that leaks over into what he's demonstrating. Like setting gyms and stuff in? Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing he, – he's been doing that. I don't – I don't know if I don't believe he'll be doing that for us, but the uh I just want to pick his brain and see him. So where the it says it says folders on the the thing on USA Knife Baker's website. Is it gonna be more like frame lock folders or slip joints or slip joints. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, I, I've been watching a lot of uh a lot of Chris Crawford's videos on slip joints. That's something I wanna wanna get into. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also good. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does great videos. Chris does. Oh, I see. Uh, I think it'd also be very good for uh, anyone who's never forged, or maybe like a young person. Uh, Carlin's going to be there, and he is a very uh, personable instructor. So I think it'll be good for you if any any young people want to come, or maybe if you want to bring a young person. The uh, he is there and going to be running two two blocks, just kind of an open open forges. If you never forged before, listen to a master smith might not be as useful as having somebody standing there next to you just giving you some hammer techniques. 
So he'll be there to kind of help out the, yeah. the, the newcomers to, you know, progress and hopefully become more comfortable with forging. So, so a lot of that's going to be actual hands-on getting to swing hammers for some yes. of that stuff or. Yeah. It just, I have two okay. sessions of just open forges, uh, not just people okay. running around, but they'll be just there and there'll be supplies and you can just come along and come as you are and you can okay. work on forging a blade. So are these going to be kind of all running some together or? There's essentially uh, two classes run simultaneously. You have a forging demonstration and then more of a, uh, more of a nuance, more detail, probably like things like, you know, working on slip joints and then they'll overlap and you might not be able to see everything, but the, uh, if you plan it right, you should be able to you know pick and choose what you want. You'll be able to see the forging demonstrations will repeat themselves. But some of the other presenters will only go once or twice. Okay. And then, uh, Jess, I know you use uh, Corey Martin a lot for photography. Uh, is he going to be sharing some some tips for how to get some of those really cool shots he does? That's my understanding. So, and, and at any time you can get better representations of, of your work, it's it's a bonus. So, um, the... The, the more people see your your artwork or your your knives the the better it is mm-hmm. yeah i know uh he took the shot of the the knife that i ended up winning from you uh two years ago at yep. blade show yep uh when i opened up uh, knife magazine i was absolutely shocked when i was like not only do i know that knife i have that knife oh yeah that's always <laughs> so, that's always that, kind of neat that was crazy it wasn't like like I've had, I've seen knives that I have before, like production knives and stuff, bench made spider coves and stuff like that, but never, uh, never a custom knife that I always see. It's always like, Oh, those are so cool. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that was really cool. So you said you talked about the, the beginning forging and then Brian is doing a hot fitting guards. Yeah. So is that more like a forge welded guard? Yeah. Just a, a, a technique for, you know, he does, uh, he does a lot of really ornamental stuff, and he's also a very good blacksmith. So one way to fit a guard pretty perfectly is to hot fit it. And he's going to be doing a, a demonstration on that for people who uh, are into forging. Sometimes larger things, it lends itself to. Okay. And then uh looks like Chad Johnson's going to be doing a segment at Scales. Yes. Yeah, he does a very 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 phenomenal job and he's going to kind of go into his methodology and how he stacks things up and which layers he puts down where and when yeah color combos is one of the things i always struggle with doing handle i do a lot of liner colors and stuff uh so i always struggle with doing a blue one or doing an orange one or a green or whatever contrasting color will look the best with it yeah. Sometimes you sometimes you think it isn't going to work, but actually when you when you get the colors together, they actually turn out pretty nice. And... Yeah. Yeah. One or on one of the knives I did for Blade Show, uh, it was a I thought it was just a a pink dyed wood all the way through, and when I actually shaped it, the the whole backside of the of the wood was all like this really cool purple. So it faded like purple into pink, and uh, oh. that was actually one of the one of the knife handles that I thought turned out one of the coolest ones on my table. Uh, so it's, you never know what you get until you, until you sand it to the shape. Yeah. Yeah. And then look, or, uh, John Thompson, it says is going to be doing some ax forging. 
Uh, is that going to mainly just be heads only or some with fitting the, the handle and stuff too, or I am not sure the, uh, I believe it's heads only, but okay. we will see. That's something that is on my bucket list of, uh, things I want to do at some point is make an ax. <laughs> I think, uh, I think Liam Huffman has kind of brought that back. You know, he, um, makes a high end, a high end ax and hatchet and, um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's something people people didn't appreciate for a while, and now are are appreciating the amount of work that goes into it. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to try to snag one of his hawksbill like double bit uh, hatchet things, um, but never seemed to be quick enough on the the trigger. There've been a couple times where I've had it in my cart, and I've been trying to check out, and it's like, oh, you're already gone. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> so uh his stuff goes really quick yeah ah man for you that don't have the video it looks like jeb's holding one up in the camera (laughs) yeah Uh, it's very nice i might have to figure out where you live and uh come uh do some trading it's very very nice (laughs) uh cool um and then uh (laughs) yeah and then uh Jason Krause looks like they're going to be doing some forging techniques. So that's going to be a little bit more uh, advanced yeah. than the, the beginner forging, I assume. Uh, I am. I believe so. Exactly um, and, sure exactly I think that's going to be more of a, a demonstration, but I, I know we're going to have plenty of anvils there and uh, we'll, we'll have multiple forges running. So I think, uh, I think he'll be able to demonstrate. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a, a lot of good uh, good lineup for people to to try to be there. I know he says here that it's limited to seventy five, and uh, you must be a paid uh, guild member uh, before you uh, you sign up. So you can get both of those at uh, the USA Knifemaker dot com website. Uh, I'll have make sure I have links in the the show notes for for that stuff. Thank you. Is there any other things you guys want to want to talk about? But things you saw at Blade Show or things interesting things you've uh or other people in the the guild that people might want to check out i guess uh one thing i'd like to just talk about i i i want to give a uh a kudos to blade i think they did a really fantastic job with the show this year um under difficult circumstances i i think there are you know a lot of people that couldn't make it to the show just because of travel bans and stuff and I, uh, I I think Blade did a, a really nice job and, and put on a great show. Yeah, Alicia did a, a really good job. She was on the, the podcast talking about it leading up to Blade show. It was uh, shortly after it got canceled last year. Yeah, she was really cool getting to see her for the first time. We actually grew up in the, the same hometown and a lot of our family members know each other. So oh, that was pretty crazy. Cool. And uh, yeah, I was... Uh, pretty excited with uh i heard a lot of good things about some of the blade show classes uh i taught one of them with for, about the file work i believe she said that uh she'd like to have me back again next year so i would that was good had uh one of the guys that i that i follow on instagram that i was totally shocked when i saw him sitting in my class was uh, uh i forget his actual name but his instagram is slinging with mr cooper and he does a lot of the trick knife shot or knife throwing stuff and uh it was totally crazy. I never thought I'd actually uh 
<laughs> that he'd be in my class. Excellent. So uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty shocking. Had quite a few people that uh, were customers of mine that didn't really plan on doing file work, but they they wanted to know more about how I did it and actually see some more how I did it. So that was kind of cool too, seeing some people with Cage Daily Knife shirts in the in the uh, the audience. One of the other uh, people that I wanted to give a shout out to uh, was Ben Seacrest of Fiery Ice Forge. He uh, helped me out a bunch with uh, getting my grinder lowered, loaded and stuff. Uh, definitely make sure you check him out. Just a a great uh, uh, great help there. Looks like we lost Jeb. <laughs> I think so. Um, but yeah, um, Blade Show was really cool. Um, I was glad to to see a bunch of the people and finally meet a bunch of people that I had never met in uh, person before. So yeah, I thought thought it was really good. I saw a lot of makers this year. Um, I think a lot of the the customers didn't didn't quite come out like they like I was hoping they would, but it was still great publicity. Uh, if you can if you make money at Blade Show, uh, you're really blessed. Uh, it's a real good way to get your name and stuff out there. I look at it as more of a an advertising opportunity and stuff like that. So it's always a good thing, and it's fun. Yeah, that's the main thing. That's I I, I do knife shows because they're fun and. I always come back to the shop with a a drive to improve something or work on something or try a new technique or um, mm-hmm. they're they're good for me. Or more equipment. More more <laughs> equipment. Yeah, yeah. More more equipment always helps too. Mm-hmm. I think I I want to thank you for having us on. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad uh, glad to be a part of your. Uh... The organization. Hopefully, I make it to some some meetings here soon. Yeah, definitely. Be a little bit more active member. I I know uh, the Facebook group uh, is definitely a good place. Uh, it's been really active. I know Jess post or Jess and Jeb, you both post on there quite a bit. It's always great. And um, there have been a couple times where Jess has almost made me spend a lot more money than I wanted to, being in other Facebook groups that he uh, finds equipment that people are selling and. <laughs> post post in there i'm like man i really want a surface grinder but don't really have two grand to spend on it yeah (laughs) right now there's a a, i have a friend that has a lathe for sale and i'm uh i i I really i don't even know what i would use a lathe for and i don't i don't know how to use one but it's a good deal and i hate to pass it up so i i don't know i might might end up trying to figure out what i can use a lathe for if anybody's got any ideas i can make pinstock yeah there you go i need, I need I can, to make pinstock I, I can yeah i can uh i can start with big pins and make little pins <laughs> or or square material make make it into round yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i wanted to make sure that people knew about the the facebook group and if you're that's open to anybody you don't have to be a be a guild member to to be in it uh although it is strongly encouraged but i know a few people that uh are in other areas that just like to pick up some tips and stuff yep yep so uh you can keep in touch with the podcast at knifeperspective.com and you can keep in touch or be follow us on facebook and instagram and you can also find the podcast on all sorts of different platforms that uh we're on 
If you're listening to this, you probably found it on one of them, but we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. And also, if you ask Alexa to play the Knife Perspective podcast, uh, she will play you play you an episode. And you keep in touch with Dan of Dogwood Custom Knives at dogwoodcustomknives.com. And he's Dogwood Custom Knives on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I always love for people to to send him an email at dan at dogwoodcustomknives.com. He loves, he loves typing stuff. So, and you can keep in touch with me, Kyle Daly of Cage Daily Knives, Cage uh, Daily Knives on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, I've been dabbling on the TikTok a little bit, doing some grinding videos and stuff. So, um, I'm Cage Daily Knives on there too. So, all right, guys, uh, thank you very much for for being on, and uh, hopefully, we'll we'll talk with you soon. Thank you. Good luck with everything with the the hammering. Thank you. Hope to see you there. All right. Bye, guys. Well, let's take it to the edge, because that's what's expected in this discussion. This is the night prospective. Let's get to the point. We're going to talk about.